are back with another Black Window Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. Today's guest, my boy, Casey McPerry. This motherfucking guy has got a feed to see. If you need, if you are on Instagram right now while you're listening to this, please go to Casey's Instagram right now and just start scrolling because it's fucking crazy. It's the craziest. Honestly, if you see how much work goes into this or if you are a Photoshop person at all and make photos and videos to understand how he formulated this little thing is it's wild. This dude's working with major brands nonstop, just directed a, a commercial for Under Armour. He's been working. He's like an ambassador for like Samsung and God damn, I don't know. He's worked with everybody. Vance, he's worked with any any major company you could think of. He's done it. He just brought us out to uh, his Samsung event the other night. And it was pretty fucking fun. We were able to um, get in a cool little room and they shot a shit ton of confetti at us and stuff. But I, I met Casey a while back. He used to shoot with uh, Machine Gun Kelly and um, toured with him all over the world and got his start that way. And then, you know, became famous, basically. And now people just hire him to fly all over the place like American Express or Delta who are also uh, I don't know how you call it His, he's their ambassador yeah and it's what a dope position he's made for himself the dude's a beast his, his content is really really sick um, and it goes all the way back to his early ages of getting started but when you watch his earlier work you could just tell his dude's gonna be a machine um, so pumped for this episode super motivating great creator make sure to follow him on all social platforms and and uh, and really pay attention to this episode because it's pretty pretty fucking wild um, with that being said we can move on and go to uh, to the actual the actual thing i won't bore you with an intro psych bwnc.com slash shop if you want to get some of our merch like this hat i'm wearing or that black window cream mug right there um as well as our how to charge a client guide we just launched that a couple weeks ago and it is killing it right now it is the bible to figuring out how you should charge your clients if you're a creator if you're any type of creator and you're having problems figuring out how to elevate your budget or get a budget from client and elevate your uh your price point this is the one to listen to because uh there's a lot of theory in there and things that you should be thinking and considering when you charge your client again next time around so if you want to make some more money there's this is a good way to do it otherwise um otherwise don't get it but if that if you do want to make more money you should get this it's only 25 dollars. it's available on shopbwnc.com and you can get it uh, actually on our patreon and a couple extra perks if you buy it there patreon.com slash black window cream swag all right cool let's get to this episode right motherfucking now attention if you stop this podcast recording at any time you will die i don't want to die do you want to live you have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die i'm kidding you won't die you're just weak shit for not sharing and the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to goes to Black with no cream. What do you think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben Haggerty. I knew you'd say that. And we are back with another Black with no cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. Casey McBerry. How you doing, Doc? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for doing that intro with me. That was pretty fucking fun. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I'll I'll preface who you are prior to this shit. The you know the cool intro that we just did. But for people who don't know, who is Casey? Who am I? Um, <clears throat> Elevator pitch me, dog. I'm a business, and you want me to hire you. 
All right. Who are you? No, I'm kidding. Just like kind of highlight yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a content creator right now in yes. uh, Los Angeles. Born and raised in San Diego, though. Um, grew up in the action sports industry, so pretty much kind of had the skateboard surf lifestyle. Right. So uh, I was never good enough to be pro, so I picked up a camera and then uh, started documenting my friends. And fortunately, they, uh, they got some big sponsors that were able to send me on some trips to start documenting. And then uh, that got to get me to travel around the world, shooting all sorts of different activities. And then um, that led to the music industry because um, the whole crossover from a uh, sports right. to uh, music. And then um, we're on tour, travel the world with some artists. Yeah. And small uh, focus, lived a life, people. Oh, yeah. And then um, now uh, it's pretty much involved to where I have like a creative agency and we uh, now work with uh, brands on uh, campaign ideations and right. you know, full end to end spectrums. What's the agency called? Uh, Lightwork. Lightwork. Yeah. When did you find that? Found? When was it founded? Um, I think officially it was uh, 2017. Nice. Yeah. So, so you're, you're, yeah, you're a fucking beast, bro. You're a beast. Thanks, I've been following man. you for quite some time. I met you at a party. Do you remember this? I met you at a party. It was like um, Red Bull did some shit in the hills in the summertime, I think. It was like some random house in the oh, hills. Oh, the summer can thing, right? I have no idea. Oh, yeah, it was a new can. It was yeah. like a new can got released. And I just remember I was chilling there. With, we came with a bunch of squad and everyone's trying to like get tacos or whatever. Yeah. And then I saw you like stand over in the corner and I think you had a camera. Maybe you were just like chilling in the grass and you had a camera. I was like, yo, what's up with you? <laughs> what's up with you, brother? How are you? Fellow camera guy. Fellow camera you know? guy. Yeah. yeah. But I remember talking to you and you were like, yeah, I did some shit with Red Bull. And then you said something about MGK and I was like, oh shit. Yeah. All right, cool. I know who you are or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then just started following you from there. And you're, uh, you have a ridiculous ass Instagram feed. Yeah. Consistency over there, man. It's very consistent. Yeah. It's fucking pretty nuts. How, I mean, goddamn, you've been doing that for like, I feel I try to scroll back and I don't yeah. think it ends. I forget when I started that. I think that was probably three, three and a half, maybe four years ago. Um, it was right when um, ASAP kind of deleted his whole account and did that like, you know, I think he did white forever and then right. kind of transformed some things, which was cool. But like the whole sets of three, I didn't really like because there may be um, one square that's like a shoulder and like you're like, what is this photo? Right. So I kind of came up with um, a way so that each square is interactive. So that way it's not like, you know, everything gets good engagement because there would be one photo on the sets of three or like a shoulder, for example, like no engagement, no likes, but the one of the face, people are like, oh, that's really cool. Right. So each one of mine individually is good as it's by itself, but as a whole, it all stays connected. Right. And then plus, you know, I can post one at a time and they shift and stay together. So I don't need to have enough content. It's good. It's like, I feel like the headache, like I just start getting the headache as soon as I start looking at it, trying oh, yeah. to think of how to plan this motherfucker. Yeah. I don't even know what my next one will be actually. Really? Yeah. I, I get myself like a um, bleed room, wiggle room. So that way I know like I can trim back and kind of like insert what I want to go next. How, like how, what, what would you say? For people that are looking at this, like how the how can you how can I imagine you adding bleed room? So are you do you have a do you have a a, a finsta or whatever that shit's called like the private IG where you can like practice and see it? Yeah, I have like a my own private one that I like. What is I, it? <laughs> <laughs> private Casey McPerry. Yeah, I hope no. that really is it. No, <laughs> you, you can go see. Um, no, um, I I kind of just know how it all lays out pretty well now. So yeah, I, like, I'm I, sure. I just use it mainly just to double check to make right. sure like I didn't forget something, but. Um, but yeah, no, it's been fun, you know, but that's, I think what started a lot of my social presence was once I've kind of made that niche and like started doing something consistently, 
people started to start following me then for that sake. Right. And I mean, they learn like, clearly you're great at this, but if you like, if you click on shit, other things happen. So like sometimes mm-hmm. there may be one of the collages that is a video when you click on it, the collage like fucking spreads out and then there's some, uh, something happens inside of it, which is dope. Cause it's like, Oh cool. He makes videos. Cause to me, when you first see this, you'd probably think yeah. photographer. Oh yeah. Great photographer and photoshopper illustrator, whatever you want. Do you do this shit in Photoshop? Yeah. You do it. Yeah. But then you, yeah, you make videos For too. For the record, that was the first time I told someone what program I've used. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like only two, bro. Yeah. Well, there's stuff I've been, you know, I've been working on on the down low that hopefully will come out soon. About Photoshop? For, for my feed. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll get into detail probably later on another episode, maybe, hopefully. Have you worked with, have you worked with Instagram? I have, yeah. How's that? It's cool. They, um, you know, that's where most of my income comes to is doing projects for Instagram, not Instagram, but like clients need content for Instagram. Right. So to be able to work with Instagram directly on some projects for them is Super just, cool. you know, it's good to know the people that are kind of like giving you this, this world that you're working inside of. So yeah, super they're really cool. Um, I wish, you know, I got more details of like, you know, the perfect export settings. Yeah, I, no I asked them like, what is like the perfect settings for the perfect quality, low file, everything. And they're like, man, we don't even know this information. <laughs> And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, like who go, does? Like, let's go talk to, you know, so-and-so and like, just figure out what, cause I'm tired of like always trial and error and, you know. Yeah. But I do think it has a, to play with, you know, your connection with the Wi-Fi or if you have like bad service, it'll probably upload pretty bad. So like. Well, I've always wondered, I, I always wonder if it's, if it's the actual upload, but I feel like it's when you, yeah, say you upload on shitty Wi-Fi. Cause people mm-hmm. ask me this all the time. Cause for some reason my videos, whatever my yeah. settings have been for premiere exporting out they're always pretty fine but like some you know sometimes i'll upload it i'm like fuck why is this distorted as shit blah, blah, blah. but i think it's just my internet on my yeah. phone because if i go watch that shit maybe like very true two states over it might be what i wanted it to be yeah so i don't know it is weird they just like how come it's 2019 they just don't have it fucking all the way across the board same shit exactly motherfucking it should have a little IG. premiere drop down preset yeah just instagram that'd be sick yeah. The, I mean, that's gotta be really cool to be able to work with them and then see, like, obviously, hopefully, get some insight. And then also, where did they ever like feature you? Yeah, they feature me um, back when I just started my Instagram in that like collage style effect. Uh, they reached out and uh, pretty much just wanted to, you know, get, hear my story. Doc, how crazy is that? Do you know how many people are on on IG? <laughs> yeah, I, I gained like forty thousand followers from Holy that. Holy shit! Yeah, they had. I think they had about like two hundred or three hundred million when they <laughs> featured me. But, you know, not saying there's a bad thing about that, but the people that um, at the time they put me on like the suggested users list, which for if you don't know, if you just sign up for Instagram and you're like, who who should I follow? They like recommended who you should follow. So a lot of the followers I did get were people that had just like were late to the game. Right. And that, you know, signed up to Instagram and then never went back on it. So, you know, it took a while for like the engagement to like get back to normal now. But for a while, it's like, yeah, like these numbers weren't like looking good, I felt like. But damn now, that's now weird. it's good so. that's super interesting but um but yeah then like you know it's just crazy how many people are on instagram and like you know Mi- hundreds of millions yeah like and here are brands you know spending a lot of money trying to figure out how to like engage all these people on instagram and how to like sell products yeah when did so. you realize that i mean i know we can get into it yeah. later on in the story because i want to go back to like you yeah, yeah coming up but um you repeat, repeat the question one more time when did you realize yeah. oh shit brands need content <laughs> I don't know exactly when that was. It was kind of, I think when my career started growing and like brands started hiring me for things, I'm like, Oh, like here's another job for like social or another social post. Right. So it kind of just 
it grew with my career as well because fortunately i kind of like got in the beginning of the mm -hmm. whole social craze so yeah. like i kind of saw it grow together but um yeah i said about like four years ago maybe there was a guy or yesterday i was on youtube and i was just like one of those ads popped up and it was like i'm gonna tell you how you can he was holding a fucking dsr i'm gonna tell you how you can make six figures in one or two months with just this camera no other gear just this camera and it, five seconds he got me in five seconds out but what he got me on was like oh I'm going to record this video and I'm going to do a reaction video because I kept, I was really reacting in real life. I was like doing yeah. the dishes like, oh, I'm going to do, 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 And like, I wanted to like make a reaction video, which I've never done before, but I wanted to really just like was that make the, fun was of that it. Was that the dude that has like a glycam? And like no, just his it? DSLR. Okay. Just yeah. Six figures, just that DSLR. That's yeah. all you need, bro. And he, you can even start it without the camera, he says. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you can get clients without the camera. Hey, actually, I can agree to that. You might. If you, you can. can. If you can write a good pitch and proposal. Yeah get the budget and then you can you that's know. what he said he did yeah. and then he said his client was very unhappy because he did not know <laughs> what the fuck he was doing so he had to spend thousands of dollars to hire other photographers to do this shit for him i'm like but i i listened to it right because i was like oh it's connecting me to us i wanted to see what his funnel process was yeah. and all this shit because i was just interested then i watched his seminar because i was like what's he gonna say and he was a trash he's a douche whatever but then what he did say was genius because he's like yo what i realized was that amazon has millions of products going on to it every single day and every product needs photos. Mm -hmm. So I need to start reaching out to them or target marketing those people who need the photos and then be able to take decent photos and I can make a fucking six figure living off this shit. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, damn, yeah, you're right. And when you think about how many brands there are that need content, there, there's a lot of room for creators to get jobs in yeah. this industry. You know what I mean? But on all levels. But I just thought it was funny because I was sitting there like, wanted to make fun of him so bad but then he got he was really right about like yeah there's a lot of people that need pictures and i'm like you're fucking right i call one of my, my i want to call my brother i call my yeah. homie mike like yo uh, on your side hustle you should just take pictures of amazon shit because this guy told me about it <laughs> anyway yo your ads are like my ads on youtube it's always camera related yeah. or like some new product coming out like you want to get uh, smooth footage Who's right this guy or is so. this like hey guys oh uh, yeah that's my fucking maserati in the back of the car and i sit in my garage and i i sit on my computer every day do you want to learn how to make millions of dollars like me yeah. don't click next watch what i'm and i'm just yeah. like who <laughs> why am i the person why, why you i'm gonna not click next you know yeah. what i mean like yeah, yeah it's, it's really a crazy world but i i do like the just the theory of like i think a lot of some kid hit me up the other day too and he was like hey i'm like i'm 27 do you think i'm too old to get into the game and i'm like bro i moved to la when i was 27 like mm no there's so much work that needs to be done always till we're dead and then there's gonna be more work beyond that for the next generation like you know what i mean yeah do you ever feel like the competition's too tight or do you feel like do you feel the same way that there's like so many brands so many content creators that it could kind of like be an even playing field it's a tough question because like there are so many people that are willing to do things for free so right. like you know i feel like you're always going to stand out though because when i was young i used to do a lot of stuff for free and I assumed that like brands were stoked that you could do it for free. Like, oh, I don't have to pay this kid. But a lot of brands have to spend that money for like their, their budget. Yeah. Because if they don't spend the money, the next quarter, they're not going to get that budget. So they're like, man, I need to pay you money. But like you coming off saying free, then um, the client's like, oh, that's not the right level of skill I need. Right. So there's like a weird balance of like, you know, in the beginning of like presenting yourself where you're like credible, where you're like, oh, I should get paid this much or like, oh no, on the homie, I'll do this for free because it'll lead to other things. So right. It's that, it's a constant battle, I feel like. Yeah, it's really, it, I think it's an in interesting conversation all the time just because everyone should know their worth, right? Like, mm. it's the hardest shit in the world to know your worth. Like, 
because every every budget's different. Like, we just had a whole. We're making like a guide. We're actually calling it. It's called How to Charge a Client Guide or booklet, whatever. It's like forty five pages. Mm-hmm. Me and Dave have been writing it for like a couple weeks, and that was like one of the main things. It's like you have to pick and choose your battles clearly, but it doesn't have to last forever. Like I didn't get any money. Like the first year I lived out here, I was doing the most shit. It was insane. And I slept on a fucking air mattress for like 60 Yeah, months. but you probably made some great relationships. Insane That relationships. led to, you know. Buco bucks. Exactly. And that's like the idea, right? Like yeah. that's where you want to take it. But all right, anyway, before we talk about all that bullshit, uh, San Diego. Is yeah. that like, is it, is it just surfing dope there or something? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we had surf PE grown up and stuff. Are you, you fucking know? serious? Yeah. So it was definitely, you know, you couldn't complain living up. I grew up in a town called Oceanside. So like you pretty much live by the ocean and, you know, that's so dope. Woke up, got your little uh, breakfast burrito, surfed and, you know, that's a fucking vibe. That's a vacation vibe. That's yeah. like what I want for vacation. You, did you ever watch Rocket Power growing up? Yes. Yeah. That's that, Oceanside? Pretty much. Exactly. You got the pier. Between, with between the cool Santa shit. Monica Pier with yeah. the roller coaster. Because we have a pier in Oceanside too. It's the world's longest uh, wooden pier. A little fun fact. Is that the one with like... There's a rubies at the end of it. The fuck is that? It's a restaurant. It's oh, like rubies. A, it, yeah. It's, <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you meant <laughs> it's like... A, it's like a 50s diner. Yeah. 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 They meant like jewels or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we're just balling down Rubies there. and gold. Yeah. Uh, so was it like would you get graded on what if you suck at surfing no it was more just activity know, just you're doing something physical i think right. it's kind of more the, the act of it but um yeah no it was it was great growing up down there it was like action sports capital of the world you know what other sports are people prone to doing in san diego like motocross yeah and motocross so and like my dad um you know used to race when he was younger and stuff never made it to the pro level so then he uh, kind of got in the industry of uh, being like a you know sales rep for companies from like all sorts of different people. And I kind of like grew up going to trade shows and like going to events with him and races. So I think that kind of helped get my, my foot in the industry for action sports. Mm. But yeah, like him being like a big moto dude, we could go surf and then go out to the desert an hour to, you know, two hours in, so go sick. ride some, some dunes. And then you can go another hour up to like, you know, big bear and go snowboarding. So that, so was, that was, that, that was a trifecta. If you could pull that off in one day, have you, you know? done it? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, you gotta wake up early. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, cause I've always I've always said that because I've heard that you could you could literally surf, snowboard, and skate or something like you know what I mean like this triple combo. Yeah, you can't really do that in, in San, uh, L.A. just with the traffic. I feel like you don't think you'd make it. No, yeah, yeah I'd be down south more for sure. So if you drove from San Diego to to Big Bear, it's how many hours? Three, four? Uh, I don't know. It's like three from yeah. here, I think. Or yeah, two maybe. Man, it depends on how fast you drive because you can get up there pretty quick. Right. I would say three, three yeah. and a half. Cause I'm uh, I'm like 45 minutes north of downtown San Diego. So. Got it. Yeah. I was just in San Diego for a bachelor party the other day and I've been there a couple times on tour, but it was like tour. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you just know the venue and the one mile radius <laughs> and, and all <laughs> the bathrooms. Like where's Chipotle <laughs> or where's like a fucking sushi spot. Yeah. And then, uh, but we, we stayed like by the beach and fucking the amount of birds and limes and the wheels, the electronic shit that's on the, oh. on the dude is so fucking crazy. Like, Everyone's, Those things are dangerous. Everyone's mobbing, like just yeah, they are. It's more just how like you know people aren't comfortable on those things, so they just like eat shit all the time. Yeah, just or like, just run into people. Yeah, like mom, um, come on, get on here, and she's like yeah. fucking from wherever. And it's weird because like a scooter, people think is uh, safer for some reason because you have to like sit on a bike, but yeah. like, dude, you crap, you can't ride those things with like out falling. I feel like I know people. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. I felt bad because we were like cruising, and this dude was just like. Like maybe everyone parked their birds in front of this 
one dude's house, but it was still on the boardwalk. So they're just like, oh, let's go to the beach. Let's leave our shit here. Yeah. And then this dude, like when we were coming, I just see this guy just, he has this scooter and he's just throwing it into the sand. He goes and grab the other one. He's just like, fucking God. You know what I mean? I'm, how yeah. many times he has to do that now every day? I'm like, that sucks. But it was cool because we could like go up. We went to, um, have you ever been to the bar that's there? I, I can't think of the name, but they like have fish races. Like you can like. Bet on a fish? Is yeah. You, no, I haven't, I haven't heard of that. Really? No. How'd you know the name of it? I just, you said a fish and there's a race. Yeah, tight. It's a good idea. Uh, but I don't know if that's what it's called, but that's what we were doing. Like you, it's like bracketed and then you have like a straw and you can like blow into, they dump like a fish and you're competing against someone else. And you have to blow it to the other side of the tunnel thing or whatever. Okay. Peter might fucking hate that shit, but we won. <laughs> it was dope as fuck. What, what fish are we using here? Is it goldfish? It was just like goldfish or something. And then you just drop, they drop them in and everyone's screaming and you're just like, you're trying to scare it with bubbles. And then, uh, if you get it to the other side, Dave won it actually. Dave, Dave was the champ. We did that on Beyonce's tour and then Dave like just fucking tore, tore it up. <laughs> so tight. <laughs> it was like me, him and B's guitar player and we're, we're just like screaming and then we won like a $250 bar tab lit. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was nice. I'm glad that's what San Diego is known for. It, yeah, it was really cool. So everyone right, should right, go there. Right whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever he suggests. Take my opinion on it. I don't think it. Peter would like that at all. Actually. No, probably no. not. What? So what else would you do? You were, you were like when, I don't know. Did you? Do, you would motocross and you would do all the sports. You just were. Yeah, never I, found I was a jack of all trades, but I was never good at any of them. Right. I definitely got hurt. Like, yeah, way too many times. I, I don't know. I just feel like I was meant to like not do it, but I just you know when you're around it, you're like, oh yeah, I'll, I can do it. Yeah, I can, I can shred, and then all of a sudden you break an arm. You're like, yeah, I don't know if that's gonna work out. <laughs> <laughs> so and, um, so did you pick it? Like, when did you find yourself getting in, like to filming and photography? I've always had a camera. My mom was always a you know camera photographer in the family, uh, not professionally. She just always took the mom photos and right, right, had right. the camera. So I'm like, oh sweet, we got some extra cameras lying around. Yeah. So I just started picking that up because you know. When you go to school and your friends are like, oh, I jumped this big jump on my, my bike, you're like, the best way to show that you actually did it was with a photo or a video. Yeah. This is before like Photoshop was like a thing, we could fake things. So. Right. Yeah, right. Fucking. <laughs> exactly. Lucky. Um, so that's where it kind of evolved was like, you know, me and my friends just making little dumb skateboard edits and um, it just kept growing from there, I would say. But um, yeah, it, it, it's just, it was a dope grow up era for me and uh definitely it's cool to look back on those little home videos did you have like classes at all in school that focused on any of this or no i, I did take one i don't know if it was really counts as like i went to i learned it from there because the teacher didn't know anything and i actually learned more because i would just youtube and google yeah what i want to know like he didn't he was reading a book on how to like use photoshop and i'm like already like five chapters ahead right I'm like all right there's gotta be some more information on google yeah so, um, but yeah, I took that. Um, was, I think my, the teacher actually didn't like, like any of my work for really? the most part. He like, he was like, he picked the cheesy like f photos of like, you know, a little daisy growing on a concrete or like the typical water puddles or like the photos that most like when you start out, yeah. you take, um, he liked those ones and I'm like shooting of my Of course friends. you did. Yeah. Fucking person. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, whenever I shot my friends like surfing and skating, he was just like, eh. What? Yeah. That's just hard. Yeah, I think maybe just because he grew up in that area, everyone was doing it. Maybe. Oh, true. But you know, and I like what I kind of did was a little different. I did the whole like sequence photos once Photoshop came around, and yeah. I was like, oh, I can merge them all into one photo now, right. and you can see the the flow actually. And yeah. Stuff, so, so that was cool. But I mean, shooting action sports is like requires so much patience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All different sports, and I um I know you had Louie on this show, and I think snowboarding is probably the worst. 
Yeah. It's, it's actually because there's a lot of different things all going in here. You're, if you're, you're sitting on a mountain freezing and you're waiting for this guy to come down for this one shot. It's and fucking then, you know, so cool. Obviously, out. you better capture this moment. Mm-hmm. And if you miss it, you're like, all right, let me radio down and get them to heli back up and all sorts of shit. And the whole time you're freezing. So, like, that's not my favorite subject to shoot, even though it's like the coolest landscapes and yeah, like you're so out cool. there. But, um, yeah, moto and uh, skating and BMX were like my, my, my sports that right. I kind of like was known for, I feel like. That's dope. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, you were, you had talked off camera about home videos mm-hmm. and your Legos oh, stop yeah. motion videos that you were making. Yeah. That started everything. I think it was watching like Wallace and Gromit as a kid and just seeing the, that you haven't seen Wallace and Gromit. Maybe. I don't know. What, why does it sound familiar? Was it's it a claymation animation? Um, you know, the guy was it online or a production? Like it was a, it was a movie that came out. I don't know. Have you heard, have you guys heard of Wallace and Gromit? We're from Iowa, bro. Oh shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping I'm saying it right now. I'm pretty sure it's Wallace and Gromit, dude. The, Wallace, Wallace and yeah. Gromit? Cheese, Wallace. dude. He's a dog and he's like, yeah, you're it's right. a British man. Yeah. He loves oh, cheese. yeah. This fucking guy, yeah, dude. Yeah, okay. Totally. This is like, those are like the OG, like stop motion, you know. Yeah, right. Real clay animation. Yeah. So I, I had loved those movies too. And um, I'm like, shit, I got all these Legos. So might as well do, attempt to make some cool Star Wars little action figure Same. stuff. So yeah. And this is back with like the VHS tape. So like, you couldn't delete things and right. like record and that's actually was cool to watch now seeing the little mess ups yeah. that I would do and like just go for it and uh the string that would have to hold things to make things flow yeah I was just gonna say I loved yeah. like make, getting like a, a um, helicopter Lego and then like putting on strings like oh that's so cool like, yeah. but it's funny because it's like all like in stop motion dun 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 and here's like actual motion now going and it's yeah. like Duh. yeah yeah so how would you edit it then no, it just, you just did it I, camera? I never actually edited. I just plugged it in the TV and I'd play it back and right. watch it. And then, um, yeah, just recently I decided to digitize it all. So sick. And then like watching it again, it was like dope. Like, How long I'm, did it take you to digitize it? I didn't personally do it because I didn't want to mess up these tapes. So I went to this place in uh, Santa Monica. Nice. Um, it was cool. Yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. Just to get that now on my like hard drives and just have it safe. Yeah. Copied over because who knows? Right. It'd be cool to look back someday. Like it'd be cool to like, Steven Spielberg and all those tops people like Quentin Tarantino, like seeing their old stuff. That'd be so yeah. dope. I think that, I mean, it's so, I just like, I made a video after Christmas of like my three years in LA or whatever. Cause I think at mm-hmm. that point it was like, I've been here for th- you seen it. Mm-hmm. So, but like just living in that shit, I was, there's so much more shit I wanted to show, but I'm like, fuck, I forgot I did this or this and that. Yeah. Like having, my drive only goes back to like 2009, eight or something. No, I that's need good. to Mine's like 2007, dude. Yeah. And it's like, it di- it's smaller quantities. Yeah. So go back. But, but my dad, my dad, like I just found out this when my parents were out here, I guess my dad recorded over their wedding tape. <laughs> I was like fucking pissed. <laughs> but like, dude, think about how fuck that is like hard drives with the shit. The cloud is the shit now. Like being do, able to do back you use stuff the cloud. Up. I, well, I use it for a lot of the, the podcast shit. Like that's okay. how we send it to the interns that are gotcha. editing it. But like, I, I think I would be interested in it. There's a kid that is actually from my home state that mm-hmm. reached out and said that they were building cloud storage like that for creators. And like they wanted to, and if it's dope, I'll link you to it. Cause yeah. it sounds like it could be like, they just have like a fast way of dealing with it and storing it but it's so expensive to like invest in that shit and then not know who the fuck is looking at it. Yeah. And I think that's just me being maybe a little old timey right now. Like I don't, not say I don't trust what's going on there, but like I have nothing to hide on my hard drives, but I'm still, I'm like, man, I don't want whoever's looking yeah. at it. But if, 
eventually I feel like everything will be up there. I have a lot of NDA shit that I know I can't, like exactly. no one else can have that. Exactly. Thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, fuck, how do you, then you have to spend, you, what, what yeah. do you have at home for the your backup? G technology, shuttle XL 72 terabyte raid. Is that the big, like it's all built in? Yeah. Yeah. We have, I think we have one of the, Andrew might have that at his house. It's expensive as fuck. Yeah. It's like 70 grand for that thing. <sighs> And then when you shoot on red, you know, obviously like rack it up. Oh yeah. And then you gotta have a duplicate. And it's funny cause I only have one of those towers and we look at some of these production companies, they have like multiple ones that they have duplicates and then like third copies. I'm like, yeah. I've never been the third copy type of guy, but right. you know, I try to keep at least two now, but, but yours is rated. So everything's split and you mm -hmm. have a backup within the one system. No, I, I kept it. So if two drives failed, everything was recoverable. Right. But no, not internally. Cause even though it's 72 terabytes, I only have 60 terabytes of actual like read and write storage. Right. So because it's saving it for like, and yeah. And when I first got that, I was so bummed. I'm like, I paid for this. I want this extra, you know, 12 terabytes. Right. And then I'm like, Oh, okay. Now it makes sense. Yeah. So tech people, my mom's listening to this. She's like, what the fuck are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Cause every time I always reference, just anytime we talk about something that I know it's out there, I'm like, my mom listens to this. She listens to every episode and I'm like, oh, my no, mom's the same knows. way. If you get the mom approval on any video, yeah. you're like, all right. She'll call me and give me like full reviews. Oh, Hey, so you were talking to Casey and it's crazy how similar you guys were. Like you would ride dirt bikes. You weren't that good. So <laughs> I mean like all this shit. Yeah. It's so fucking funny. Um, so, when you started doing the action sports shit, um, was it immediately just like hobby shit? Like you were just going, you started getting into cameras. You said your first camera was what? T, T, uh, the, the Rebel T1i T1i? was like my first like, oh man, I got like a pro yeah. you know, camera now. I can put actual lenses on this yeah. thing and get fancy. Um, yeah, I just would always go to the motocross track. Just Paula Raceway was like the local track, like 10, 15 minutes from the house. And uh, a lot of the pro racers and mainly freestyle guys would go there because they had actually only tracks with like ramps. Oh, that's sick. So um, I had went out there one day and um, I met this kid who was doing some like gnarly whips and tricks. And I'm like, dude, this guy's sending it. Um, so I started shooting some photos and uh, he came over. He's like, hey, you photographer? I'm like, I got a camera. And he's like, oh, I'm doing this thing called the uh, X Games. Like, <laughs> I just came here from Australia. Oh, shit. Um, you want to come shoot? Uh, his name's Jared McNeil. And like, he, uh, he ended up getting a silver medal um, first time there and he was 19 and I was 18 at the time and uh, you know all of his sponsors didn't think that uh, he would do well so um, they had to hire all the hire me to get all the photos so like once I got my first like paid job selling a photo I was like shit you can make a living doing this right so uh, yeah from so man, you shot him getting the, the silver um, no, well, I, I shot photos of him whipping. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, after that, they're like, shit, we uh, we need to run some ads in, like, Transworld. And uh, can we go, like, shoot some photos now of him? So, like, since I was the only guy that, you know, Jared knew, he's like, hey, let's go shoot some photos for these uh, ads I need to be so in So sick. Yeah. Which is actually another funny full circle because I worked at Transworld Motocross for, uh, you know, a couple of years. So it was cool to, like, shoot and have like your photo published in a magazine and be like, oh my God. And then like go be there. Yeah, yeah. So Having wild. something tangible to hold on to. So crazy. Which yeah. I just found out that Transworld snows no more from Louis' interview and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it, it was sad. I was there during the transition of like, you know, all the different branches being let go and changing because, you know, it's expensive to run a magazine. You yeah, know? yeah. Every month too. And it's just like with the way we're moving of digital right now, it's kind of like, with social, you can like track and send targeted ads to whoever you want. Right. But with like a magazine, you know, you spend a lot of money for this page in a magazine. 
how likely is it that a kid's gonna go buy this magazine and then stop on your page and now like Google, oh, this is the link, right. and then go buy something. Yeah, that's so true. So with digital, you can literally like click it and go buy it within like five seconds. So. That's so true. Yeah, that's a bummer, because magazines were cool. Oh, dude. Like they were so cool back then, and it was a way to learn about shit, but mm-hmm. like again, what you're saying is like, now I can get on here and I can, uh, who'd I follow, Gimbal God, do you know him? Yeah. Is he from San Diego? Uh, I don't know him personally. We were social friends. We have a lot of mutual friends. I think he might be, dude, because he. I'll, I, I'll, I'll give a positive. Yeah, he's yeah. So cool. Because I think he hit friends. me. He or I asked him to be on the thing. Louis connected me with him, and then mm. dude, he sends it. He's so fucking sick. Yeah, his shit. But like, I tr- I would have before. I would have had to have found about him in a snowboard film, mm-hmm. or, or maybe if he did stills too, like a magazine. Yeah. And you have to wait till the movie comes out and you're waiting to go watch it. And then you're watching all these riders and then you see the shit and then you try to find out who did it. And yep. then, but now it's just like someone posts and tags them. I'm like, oh, that shot was dope. Who's this? And I click that. And then all of a sudden my explore feeds just snowboarding now. And now I'm learning about all these, you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, it's so crazy how it transitioned. Well, that's kind of like over the course of like time, you know, before it was like, if you got on the radio station, it was like huge. Yeah. Then on TV, it was like huge. And that like killed, you know, the radio star because you could see what they look like. Yeah. And then, you know, magazines now of today, like, like even with you know black with no cream like your your own network your own channel right that people are like subscribing to and watching just yeah. like if you want to subscribe to hbo like right oh i'm coming here to watch your content so mm-hmm. now everyone's their own personal like network channel yeah so and i'm just thankful that black with no cream is one of the biggest ones out there so just thankful oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um so you shot him and then and then all of a sudden trans world's kind of fucking with you is that how you got the job with them or where did that no, not come for a while i think um I may have annoyed them a lot with like my photos of just like, Hey, I got some photos of some writers. Like you guys want them and stuff. And then, um, also my, my boss at the time at Transworld before I got hired, um, he had met knew my dad, you know, way back in the day and stuff. So I think the relationship that my dad had to kind of like got my foot in the door. Like, Oh, oh yeah, I'll give this kid, you know, an opportunity. Yeah. But, um, but it was fun. And I think working there definitely taught me how to like, you know, work in a business aspect of things and like production even though like most people look at that job as like dude you just were at tracks all day shooting photos like goofing off but it kind of taught you like deadlines and like learning how to like turn around content really quick which then like led to like you know the rest of my work ethic of like trying to get stuff turned around really quickly so what was your job at transport like what was the Um, actual i think it was officially video editor even though i did a lot of like photography and video work but um my main thing I did there was a Transworld motocross film called The Flow, and that was like my, you know, every year they did a, you know, a Transworld movie, and then the right. year I got hired, they're like, yeah, I don't think the budget's in there to do a movie. I'm like, well, Damn let it. me do it. Like I was always looking forward to these movies, so um, we got the budget together, and then I was able to do it, and that was when I learned how, uh, you know, you know, check spelling when you render before you render because like. <laughs> you'd rent out like this hour long film and then all of a sudden you mess up in the credits someone's name and you're like fuck I re-rendered yeah. everything and I'm sure you well oh, yeah. this. oh yeah, yeah. Fucking and you, you watch these videos so many times so by the time it goes public you're like oh yeah alright kind of <laughs> like with it is it yeah. was did you direct it then um, or did it, okay how did it work yeah I don't think Don's watching this so it doesn't really matter <laughs> but um, but yeah I, I felt Don? like I put everything together and then he just put me in there as editor so son of a bitch yeah he, he was the you know editor in chief so he took the credit for sure so damn but you know I like to feel like I that was that was my film but is it where do you it's, watch it's it it's on now? iTunes I is it on you iTunes know, yeah I think it's on iTunes still or I don't know if it's out there still because uh, with the company now like I think be, being gone right. I don't know if, who that went to but yeah. Is it is it um 
what was your process in making that at that time? Cause like how much experience did you already have? Like, you know, oh, I had no experience in making a film. You just sending no. it like trying yeah. to figure out what And happened. that was actually super cool because I had always wanted to do like a helicopter shoot before drones. So you I'm did like, it? Yes. Yeah, so we got a helicopter and it's so funny. <laughs> they let this dude with no experience. Like, yeah, you want a helicopter? No, shoot? no. Fuck well, it. that's just what you needed to do to capture, you know, fast action and aerial stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, I've always seen like, you know, all the old films with, you know, guys hanging out in the helicopter film and I'm like, oh, that's so sick. So like, you know, the amount of money, you know, it costs to get a helicopter, you could buy a dope ass, you know, inspire. It, yeah. And just have like all the angles coverage. And the thing about having a helicopter is you have like such a short time, like an hour, and then you have to also include travel time to get the helicopter right. there. So, um, yeah, so I was just stoked to have that, but looking back on it, I'm like, man, I really wish drones were popular back then because right. You know, you can fly it, get some cool shots. And then also I had a steady cam, so like the footage wasn't the smoothest, but mm-hmm. it was still good. Yeah. But, um, so you were shooting and doing everything. Yeah. Was, you didn't have like a team of videographers uh, like and stuff? My, my boss at the time, Donna, he helped shoot like a second angle. Yeah. But it was just us two pretty much filming some stuff. That's crazy. And I had that FS 700 at the time. Shit, yeah. shout out. Th- those in, uh, built in ND and these are clutch oh, yeah. as fuck. Those are the cameras, bro. Yeah. They uh, it had such a terrible monitor. <laughs> I know. I mean, it was but like, did this. you ever have it with the weird cone that like zoomed up the eyepiece? It, like, did it flip out though? The, the the LED popped up and then you could put this attachment on it so you could like oh, look eye. into it. Nah, because yeah. I would like take it from my college and I don't think they, they were into accessories. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it was, but that was like my step up after I had like the 70. I'm right. Like, because the 70 had that 60 frames at like 720. Yeah. And I'm like, slow motion, here we come. Yeah, it was fucking my selling, yeah. selling point on that one. And then Twixer came out and I'm oh, like, oh, yeah. Jesus. Oh, yeah. You probably went yeah. crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know you know the original GoPro videos Hell where it was yeah. just like, sell. Like the yeah. song, they had in all of them. But um, yeah, the FS700 was like the 1080 at I think 120 frames. No, 240. Was it? Yeah, it was 1080 at 240 frames second. Damn. But you only had a seven second of record time. Oh, right. Yeah. So most of the film that we had for the moto uh, was all like just slow motion because fucking the art of flight ruined my uh, slow motion filming abilities. Dude, when that film came out. Oh, yeah. It changed the game. It changed the fucking for game. For action sports, for definitely. For it sure, was incredible. Yeah. I mean, just in general, cinematography like that. That not no. What was Did picture you know, this? You know, Brain Farm apparently is no longer. Yeah, they call yeah. it. Um, the dude uh, who directed that. Chris. Um, Kurt Morgan. Yeah, Kurt. Kurt. He, he said he's down to get lunch with me. I was like, tight. So, yeah. It was random. because met him, but. Yeah, he was down. I was like, oh, I want to get yeah, you on this. When I heard that, and I'm like, damn, like, I love Brain Farm. They're, I think they spent too much money. Well, I don't know if it was that. I, I don't know what caused what, but I know the second film that they had didn't, I think, live up to the um, flight. The yeah. Phase. It was like, uh, what movie it was, was, it was it? I can't think of what it was called. It was fourth phase. The fourth, oh, it was yeah, the fourth phase. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just bad snow conditions too. Yeah. But um but no, our flight dude, Phantom Flex 4K. Shit was nuts. Yeah. I remember Brain Farm was like they they had like this it was like a video it was like $80,000 or it was like a $200,000 flying camera or something and they yeah, had like this the, massive hex so, yeah with the truck flying spread. through the water. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, that's fucking sick." Hey, were you were you a Vimeo or a YouTube kid growing up? <sighs> as far as uploading? Like just watching content. Um I I was Vimeo when I was in my artsy, I want to be a filmmaker phase mm-hmm. and YouTube was after I would say, cause before that it wasn't even YouTube and Vimeo. It was like some random ass website, like e-bombs world and all the shit is where you consume content, but like okay. nothing, you know what I mean? Like YouTube was like, I would go to it, but you had to know what you were looking for kind yep. of. But then Vimeo is like, Oh fuck. I can like learn about real movie yeah. making shit on here. Like 
this is it. Yeah, my first video I uploaded was to YouTube, but then I quickly went to Vimeo. I don't know why, but um, I started watching all my content there. And I should have probably put it all on YouTube at the time so I can actually like make ads from it. But, but yeah. I didn't even understand that was a possibility. Oh, like no, when, that wasn't really even a thought until I got like the ask, like, hey, you want to run ads on your videos now? I'm right. Like, oh, yes. But yeah, I... Yeah, if I would have kept at that in like 2010 era, who knows what I know, dude. What my channel? I say that all the time. I'm like, I should have fucking. I look at that old footage, and I literally was like, "Yo, we're here doing this shit." I'm like, "Fuck, this is what Jake Paul got famous for." My first, my first video on YouTube I ever posted was me jumping into the foam pit and crawling across it, just because I don't know if you ever been inside a foam pit. No, I want to be. It's exhausting. I bet. And it's like you get foam everywhere, but it's the dumbest video. It's like just me jumping in and. Yeah, my first video was is um, it's called Brad Snowboards Naked. I think it's no longer public, but it was my homie Brad. It's so low quality, but like we set up two picnic tables and we just set up like a, a ramp so we could like shred it on snowboards and mm. we would just sit there and do different shit on it. And he just like went butt naked, had this massive bush, and so all you see is just this like fucking pixelated bush. And then I was like, the cops are coming, and he just grabbed his snowboard and was butt naked running <laughs> for like this hill to hide by. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of views though. It had like 10,000 views. It was pretty good. I don't know. Might be some weird child shit going on with that because I don't, I think we were maybe 18. I hope. <laughs> From my friend Brad naked. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. But uh, it was, it was, uh, I, I think like watching those films, specifically me, I'm so obsessed with snowboarding. I remember watching um, Picture This. Do you remember that? No, I, I it sounds so familiar. It was like, to to me, it was like they're using like, jibs and cranes and like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. they're really taking it to another level with production i'm like dude how do they sit there and like the snowboarder has to be that good to be able to for them to set up and wait for that shit and get that shot like it's so incredible and that shit inspired me like a motherfucker when i was watching then i was like i'm gonna be a snowboarding filmmaker someday and yep. that's all i wanted to do oh yeah and then it's that, crazy how when you like get a see a dope edit you're like yeah, you even use the same song sometimes. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to play this, you know, <laughs> yeah. see if I can inspire it. I f- I'm trying to blank on the dude's name, but the Mutiny uh, BMX bikes, I think it was Joe Simon was their filmer, but that was the first time I ever found out what a Glycam was. Oh, really? Because like, you know, he did a shot where he uh, is following the guy riding his bike and he goes over grass. And I'm like, dude, is he on a skateboard? Like, how the hell is he like going across the crowd? Yeah. And then they had like a second angle shot of him with like the Glycam walk, you know, the awkward like. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is that thing? And I had like the Glycam HD uh, 4000 for mm-hmm. like the Sony and stuff. Um, but yeah, dude, it's just crazy how technology evolves and just like seeing what's the next thing out there. Totally. The next thing I really want to play with is definitely like, you know, um, Cineflex, just like the whole be so cool it's so dope just yeah just put on a helicopter and just go have fun with it it and that's why i felt like brain farm was taking shit because they would always be i remember they had like a video of they had that hooked up like they had the, the whole rig hooked up to a truck and they could like they were like a mile away or some shit and had this insane zoom oh, perfectly lens. stabilized perfectly stabilized of deer running and i'm like what like the car the truck was moving the deer were running they were framed up they're all just sitting in the car like controlling it with the thing And i'm like that's in this is insane like yeah. this is literally insane dude camera dude it's just like I think I was telling you too, like my red, you know, I bought that and then like it's four years old and it's already outdated. Which is insane. Yeah. Four years is not that fucking long. It, it like still films 5K, you know, 96 frames a second, 4K, 120, but yeah. like, you know, 8K is the new thing now. Yeah. It's just insane that they like don't make the parts to like if something happens. Yeah. The epic Mysterium is what I have and like, yeah, apparently 
you can't uh, get any parts to fix it. That's so. insane. When you, I mean, it make, still works, but yeah. Was it like making that investment? How? What was like your thought process when you decided to invest in that camera? It could have been watching Art of Flight, dude, and just seeing everyone with red cameras. I'm like, man, that footage looks so sick. Obviously, they're shooting it, you know, in cool environments right. and stuff. But I had bought that when I was at Transworld, so I was living at home at the time, so I could afford to like save up. Oh, that's clutch. So you know, I pretty much took my like money I made at Transworld and like bought the camera and I'm like oh sweet but the crazy thing about that how like everyone always asked me like do you need to have good gear to get like you know get into the industry and yes and no but the moment I did get that red I got so many more job opportunities just because people just saw oh you have a red camera you could have been the shittiest filmer ever but if you had a camera yeah for some reason people were like oh yeah He's good. I'll hire him. I see a lot of shitty videos that, and you know it, that's what happened. It was like, oh, yeah. he's great. We need it. Need it. Everyone like, it, it cut costs, obviously, to be able to hire like a DP with their own red or, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But sometimes it just, it's weird how we choose. It could, it could do a lot with color grading it too. Yeah. Because, you know, you can make crappy <clears throat> footage or really good footage look bad if you just don't color yeah. it right. Yeah, no, that's true. Are you pretty good with coloring? I've gotten all right at it. I per, if it's a big big shoot I'd prefer to like not do it if it, if I have that. a lot of detail to work with you know what I mean because mm-hmm. you can just do so much dope shit and these people that do color for a living like they color for a living for a reason you know what I mean mm-hmm. like, but I've gotten good at I like editing my own photos and video I can do it if it's like like I've gotten good at using the A7S A7R like that image and being able to play with it but mm-hmm. what about you I just use, you know, the, what, um, Lumetric and mm-hmm. Premiere, but yeah. I should probably get into something a little, a little nicer, Da Vinci and stuff. I've always wanted stuff. to, it's a, it's like a, but then you need the whole wheels and you need to like, you know, dial, yeah. dial it in. But, um, yeah, that's the next step. But that's, I think the biggest thing in my career that I learned too, is like the bigger the projects, the less you start doing on everything because <laughs> you start hiring people who can do their job really good Yeah, and trusting like, oh yeah, you're really good at sound. Right. Perfect. Right. I don't need to be like monitoring it over there or doing yeah. Anything. No, that's very true. I mean, it, which is cool because then you get to like, you build friends in the industry so then you can start hiring the people you fuck with or just hiring really dope talent, you know, mm-hmm. that can do this shit for a living. But so Transworld was how long? How long were you there for? A year and a half officially. Yeah. Yeah. I left because I kept getting in trouble <laughs> for uh, as much as they have like every different genre of sports, most of the crew kind of stuck to their genre. Like moto was only moto, maybe the moto and BMX. So like they stuck together. Right. Surf, skate and snow stuck together. And like I had a lot of surf friends, skate friends, so I would like go off and do that, and um, as well, like after my work, go shoot some of the homie skating. And um, there was one opportunity where a uh, Transworld Surf wanted me to go to like Bali to shoot an athlete of theirs um, that I had a good relationship with, and I could only go because the father of the athlete trusted me to like be with him. Uh, just long story. So like um, I had to go ask my boss, like, hey, can I go to you know Bali to shoot this? And he's like, oh, no. I'm like, I'm all caught off my work. Um, long story short, he's like, you need to go to Glen Helen in San Bernardino and, like, shoot that. So I'm like, damn. Like, there was my opportunity to go to tropical water and stuff. So damn. a couple of weeks later after that, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do my own thing. Yeah. And then right after I had left, actually, <clears throat> that was when um, Kells, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, was like, hey, I'm going on tour with Limp Biscuit. Um, do you want to you come on tour with me? So that was literally probably like a week after, you quit. after I left. <laughs> fucking insane timing yeah no it was definitely good timing for sure like you know i i had known him for already like a year and a half of prior before then from like the um, sports world yeah like um ethica is like a brand that kind of like shaped me to meeting everybody too um they just have a 
insane roster of people. Yeah. Like Louis on the team and just, you can go on for days and, um, Ryan Sheckler, um, and Kells really wanted to like meet. And, um, I went with them together when they met the first time in a uh, Newport oh, for like their show. And, uh, since then we stay in contact and, um, yeah, it was, I was stoked to go on tour and I didn't know what to expect dude. to like live on the road. It's different. Oh dude. It's, you, I mean, especially with, I mean, Wazzy was, he was on the show not too long ago. Yeah. And like Jordan's, I'm like, yo, it tour is different, but you, the artist you guys are picking to oh, go yeah. on tour with is mega different. Cause he fucking goes off. Dude. He, he's, uh, he lives a lifestyle. Great dude. I, it's just crazy, <laughs> dude. I got stories for days and, um, it's something I'm super glad I got to experience. Cause yeah. like, you know, not that many people can say they, I feel like anything you can throw at me, I'll be like, did yeah. that not did that but yep i was around that or just <laughs> yeah, anything yeah, you can yeah. talk about right like i've seen it now i feel like and it just becomes kind of numb when you're on two works like yeah. you see everything it's fucking but crazy it's cool it definitely, it was a, it was a fun experience and um yeah dude definitely. so you did the whole tour i did um i forget how many tours exactly i think it was three or four. Oh um, wow it went for i think two three years on the road yeah, yeah. it's a good run yeah it did all europe you know it's just cool to be able to like you know go to Euro russia and then like you know right just like where else am i gonna be here yeah and um yeah just being in like and i don't really know music that well like mm. so i think also my outside look on things is always like appreciative because i'm just like yeah, yeah like just genuine about it like oh that's cool or i like, i just don't get that right so that's know. interesting do you, do you feel like I mean, at the time, was that that became your full time? You were like full time with. Oh yeah, him? Like, as you can you know agree. Like when you're on a row with someone, like that's your twenty four seven job. Yeah, you like, can't have yeah. other clients. You're up all day till five a.m. Wake up at eight nine a.m. to do the next day. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a, a brutal schedule. But it's, I, it's, I always say tours like life freezes outside of tour. Oh yeah, you just live on that bus. Mm -hmm. And like when I was on tour with kells and everyone you know it was one bus 12 dudes were all on the same bus so like you know you don't get like time to get away from anybody like you it's family yeah and um you know and since i hadn't like lived on my own yet at the time when i was a kid so like that was like my first like that was like my college experience right I feel like so that was like a I, tight I ass college experience dude, it was definitely a wild ride for sure because you said you, you've only been on one other podcast which was dingo's what's it called what's um, the show called I actually don't. It's well. It's come, find your grind. It's kind of find like your this, grind. This podcast. I don't know what the official title of the podcast will be. It, it comes out pretty soon. Oh, it's new. Yeah, you just started. So he's been doing a lot of different um, like entrepreneurial type of people. That's dope. Talking about their experience. So um, it should be coming out pretty soon. But you were. It was cool how you were talking about his advocate for his company is like find your grind. Uh, so I'm assuming he didn't go to college. No. Yeah. And no. He's, he's, yeah. Well, you know, like ex snowboarder. You know, entrepreneur started. You know, grenade gloves and stuff. And yeah. Then, like. So yeah, that was like my favorite snowboarding glove, by the way. Uh, dude, it's, the logo was dope. It was so dope. Yeah, it was so dope. But like he, so you were just on there, and you guys were talking about like having not come from college. What was your decision to not do that? It was just because everything kind of picked up so fast. Yeah, from the moment I had uh, met Jared, like when I was eighteen, and he's like X Games, and I sold my couple photos. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll I'll do this for a living. Right. Um, obviously, like my parents wanted me to go to college, just to like, like yeah. any other family, you know, parents they want what's best for you, and um yeah it, my brother went to like ucla you know did the whole college but um it just wasn't my in, in the cards for me right no, I, I, I did a i tried a junior college for like a semester and i got put on academic probation because i just missed too much class because i was usually off on a trip right filming something so 
Damn. Yeah, after that, I'm like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. And then thankfully with YouTube and Google, man, you can learn wherever you want. And it's always some kid in a foreign country like teaching you some like shortcut that you never knew existed. And you're like, yeah. Like how how did he know this? And I know. I'm now just learning it. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And it's like a lot of the, a lot of the like my first ever episode on this was with um with Justin Odisho who has a, t- a tutorial channel. Like mm-hmm. that's all he does. And he's like a fucking wizard at Premiere, wizard with the shit in Photoshop. And I'll catch myself like looking his shit up. Like oh I'm in Germany and I'm editing. And I need to find something. And his video is like the first thing that's popping up. I'm like what the hell? And then mm-hmm. I'm watching. But he's he doesn't do like. He's not doing industry shit. He lives in Detroit. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Like, but he's a wit. Like, he just lives in the program so much and knows how to like regurgitate that back to the, the, uh, an mm-hmm. audience, which I think is so dope. Dope. But it's like YouTube University is a real ass fucking thing. You it know what is. I mean? You just have to be a good researcher. Really, that's all it comes down to. Dude, I can't imagine going through school having like the internet because like when we had like not that outdated, but like the Razor flip phone. Like I was afraid to go on the internet. It's like the phone bill. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm not gonna go on that thing. Like, I know, right? gonna cost my parents a lot of money at the yeah, time get rained out but like now like if you had a test or anything you just google the answer or like right i don't know what that's like yeah do the kids just cheat all day and just like i don't know because i remember in college like uh when i was like a freshman the ipod touch came was out there and it was had in wi-fi and i was mm-hmm. like oh shit and then uh i remember like I remember because you could listen to music on your iPod and the iPod touch, no one really understood it. And so I would like have pictures of my, te- like my, all my notes yeah. on here. And I would just be like acting like I'm like listening to music and I would just like f- scroll through. Sorry, mom, but I fucking cheated in, in that health class or whatever the fuck yeah. it was that I didn't learn shit in obviously. But like that, I remember doing that now it's like, it could be on my watch. It could be here. It could be in fucking my sunglasses. Probably, you know what I mean? People mm-hmm. are, tech is so nuts. Growing up would be weird right now. It would be, but at least we were fortunate to grow up like pre. So that way, like we grew up with it and like, we're like, we know what analog and like the old shit, yeah. the struggle of, you know, signing into AOL and just like, see, you know, how slow it took or just fucking shooting everything, all your stop motion on VHS video and oh, then yeah. seeing how it looked. <laughs> it's exactly. crazy. So, so I mean, what were some of the highlights of that tour? Like obviously getting to travel the world. I, you went to Russia? Yeah. Kels went to Russia? Yeah, he's been there a lot since then. So um, sick. Yeah. Um, the year we went there too, um, it was a crazy year too for Europe because uh, when we were flying there, there was like a plane that had just crashed in like Egypt while we were like going there and then um, right when we were in russia leaving like there was a shooting in uh paris mm. at the eagles of death metal yeah right, show. Right. so like i think not that many bands were playing in europe because they were kind of like not i think they were afraid they were afraid for sure and we were the first american band to perform in france since then and it was it was like a week and a half after holy shit and uh, it was just cool seeing like the crowd um in paris just like giving like they were singing the national anthem um just like thankful that we were there so it's just it's just cool to like be in just different parts of the world and like learning people's cultures and yeah especially around like pinnacle moments in history like that's so crazy to like yeah it's just um <clears throat> it just opens your eyes to the rest of the world and not yeah. and like i really make i really wish i learned another language i did too i yeah. didn't get to they exempt me out of it and and uh i'm not that great of a learner all right <laughs> when it comes to schooling and shit. So they're like, just focus on English, bro. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, fine. even I wasn't on getting English either. Yeah, I was crazy. more math than arts. Really? Yeah. But yeah, like whenever you go to Europe or anywhere in the rest of the world, everyone knows at least like three languages. Right. They know theirs, their neighbors, and then um, 
English. Right. So I feel so stupid because yeah. they're like saying something. And I'm like, what did you just say? I'm like, I'm so fucking sorry. I'm like from Iowa and shit. And I mm-hmm. definitely don't know how to talk French. <laughs> I wish I could learn French and Spanish. Yeah, like the two. I, I attempted Spanish, but then quickly left and we, I took sign language in high school. Fuck. I tried to take sign language. I was like, why? Why isn't that mandatory? Like what? that's it, it was cool, dude. It helped us cheat on all of our tests. Me and my friends. Are you serious? Yeah, we could just sign like it was good for multiple choice. Right. At least you had A, B to C. Yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, it would help. That's so fucking yeah. funny. At least, you know, <laughs> my friend Jason was like the smartest one. So we at least asked him for the answers because you don't want to be asking the, the friend. He, yeah. He knew was going to fail. Right. No, but, um, definitely. But yeah, I thought I, I, I just feel like it's fucked up that these people are, are born like that and we're not doing anything to commute. Like, why do we not all know how to communicate? That's not their fault. Mm-hmm. And we have a choice to learn it. Like, it should just be like no different than me having to learn how to fucking run the, the mile in under seven minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that is true. That's crazy. I think that's nuts. Yeah. I don't know. I was, my mom learned, she knew how to sign because she had patience and she has a oh, nurse. Nice. And I was always like, fuck, I want to know how to do that shit. And she did, like basic stuff, but yeah. Uh, I love that concerts watching the sign language person. So tight. Yeah. And they go hard too oh, sometimes depending yeah. on the artist. Yeah, the Waka Flocka one that got popular. Yeah, that shit was tight. Yeah. We had one I always liked watching them uh, whenever Jay-Z was like, he did like PSA. My name is Ho. And she, the chick's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Not going off. I was like, shit, this is tight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so dope. Really sick. Um, okay, so so you tour, you do all this stuff with him. And like I got, like I'm sure the footage that you captured throughout that tour is insane. Mm-hmm. That lives in the vault. That it's in the vault for sure. See. That yeah, a lot probably won't see the light of day. It w- maybe at some point, but you know that's his decision on that. Right. But I love how you were. We were talking about how you were doing. Um, you had drones early on, and yep. uh, you. I remember watching this shit living in Iowa because I was fucking inspired. And I lo- I was a nerd as fuck with drones, and we were doing the same thing. Like. Yep built a hexacopter me and my homie tim and like the first time i could see an image wired like a signal yep. sent down to me i was like what yeah but you were doing that shit with Kent, like showing up to new cities and like what was your concept for that again yeah and i kind of learned that from working at transworld because we had to always document each race every week so we did like a pre-video like who do you think is going to win and then it was like all right live footage and then it was like a recap video so going on tour i'm like oh i should do that same mindset like each show let's do a little teaser to like get people to come buy last minute tickets. And right. So we would do a drone video and he would always, you know, start up really close with a GoPro lens really wide and be like, hey, we're in so-and-so, um, see you tonight and would fly away. And dude, at the time, people did not know how we were doing that. Nope. They were like, what, are you using Google Maps? Yeah. Like what, how are you getting that shot? And this is- Google Maps, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so tight. The, the questions we got in that. So like we started getting a little artsy with that and like, you know, shooting a little wider and then just like, doing that digital spin so it looked like the camera like a barrel roll and people were like did you really do a barrel roll and stuff so like that was kind of that and then even like you know rob deardick you know when kells came on the show for um ridiculousness like they did a whole category about that because really he kind of like it was just a bunch of drone crashes like flying into the people's faces yeah they said like yeah dude that's what we remember from tour was like damn seeing that and that was actually probably one of the uh you know not say a cool moment but for sure like you know, being around musicians and stuff and like being like in a room with Kells and like even P. Diddy being like, dude, you're a drone operator, dude. Like craziest content. So like, tight. Yeah. So it, it's just cool being involved in that and then like doing something different that people hadn't like seen yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
Were you there when he signed to Bad Boy? No, I wasn't. Okay. That was before. That was before. Right. Yeah. Couldn't remember what year that was. The, I mean, being a part of creating his, I mean, that's I always talk about. Like for me, when going, when I saw the your drone videos, I was mm-hmm. that was like right before I moved to LA and was like trying to work with TD and and then go on tour with School IQ. But I remember like I told you this earlier, but I was like I fucking wanted to. I was like here's hey we want you to go on tour with td and q and kendrick and all that stuff and i was just think planning everything in my head oh i'm gonna have fucking drone shots i want to have a drone chase a tour bus no one's done that blah, blah. i'm gonna do this this and that and i scroll through instagram or whatever it was and i remember seeing him post that shit and be like oh my god see what i'm talking about like this yeah. is it this is what i'm talking about and i was like that's fucking sick like could you imagine getting to be with like a fucking top artist and then create with them mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that was so inspiring to me you yeah. know what i mean seeing that clip just the fact that he would listen to you and you guys could get together and create something that from scratch, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, Kel's dude, he's just really artistic, man. Like we, we, we think a lot alike on that side of things, like movie buffs and just like love pushing the element. And usually I feel like it's one-sided, but like it was definitely a collaborative effort on everything, like bouncing ideas off each other. Right. Um, yeah, dude. We He had his movie poster on a, a billboard on Sunset. Yep. So me and Waz, he's like, hit me. He's like, could you get a drone shot of it? And we went there and I was like, yo, the only way you can get on top of this building is this like chained up blocked ladder that you couldn't climb up. It's just like you had to unlock something that mm-hmm. would reveal it. And he's like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'll climb that shit. And he just scaled this fucking thing, like yeah. scaled this shit, went up on the building, climbed up onto the billboard. I like hopped up, got the drone up there got this ill ass shot and it's like there's actually like i haven't even posted it but it's like a cool shot of him kind of like looking at himself and was it in the video that he posted like the yeah but i think he didn't do it like the slow motion version of it was like kind of hard to me like it was just like damn that's dope like what a fucking feeling to like have a movie on netflix and you're playing tommy lee and you're looking at the tommy lee version of yeah you know what i mean but you also scale like did something very legal to get the shot speaking of that dude he's he yeah that was a perfect role for him just that role yeah yeah it was perfect like he he killed it i thought it was fucking fun that movie was fun it was just like super fun to see it like and i remember when he got the role because we were talking to him about working on a project together and then he was like he had just said like oh dude i just tried out for this shit and i think waz was there and ended up filming it all or whatever and he had just told us about how he's like they liked me and they want me to be in this thing and then all of a sudden it's like and they Mm -hmm. it's all over netflix and shit it was so cool but so going back to that Kel, like the Kelly visions mm-hmm. being a part of that. Cause I, that also inspired yeah, me. Like, that was something he started. He, yeah. He started just filming himself and making the, the episodes, but that, that definitely grew crazy with the fans. Like they love those videos. And I think any fan loves seeing what their, their artists that they look up to is doing like on a day to day. Right. And, and Kel's really open about all this stuff too. So like filming all sorts of different things and yeah. sharing that with the world. Um, so it's always, you know, you gotta, when you're filming that you always like try to be careful of like you know this is like personal stuff like how am i going to showcase this in a good way right but keep it authentic and yeah like keep it that way so it, it, it's hard to keep up with the demand of like those videos though because his fans like want a video constantly and with all the other stuff that you're working on too to try like turn around a video as yeah. well that's what i was gonna yeah. say how what was your approach for deliverables like on that tour like i know you said you want you have these pre video you're trying to yeah, match i don't know Trans if there was, i don't think there was ever like a set deliverables it was just like there was never a limit when you did something cool. It was like, all right, let's keep that up and let's add more. Yeah, add more. exactly. So it was never like, just like a, this is, this was it. And we're good at this. It was always like, what can we do and keep pushing it? And I actually miss beyond tour like that because every day we were creating Yeah, it's like new city, new environment. Let's go shoot photos, let's go film. 
and you know some not saying now i don't do that but right now it's more like proposals and, right. and stuff but um but yeah i enjoyed waking up and just capturing content sky's the limit when yeah. it comes to that type of shit yeah it's it's a really different i mean, you miss it all the time and then you but you also love doing what you're doing now yeah. and artists i mean just the truth is the money is fucking not there when it's with an artist it's not bad but yeah. it's not fucking gonna set you up for retirement you know yeah. what i mean so it's like you have you have to like kind of play both cards but shit when you're not on tour for a while and you you th- some time hop thing pops up and it's like this is what we were doing last year i'm like fuck dude we were <laughs> really riding jet skis in this random ass ocean fucking yeah first time i ever went snowmobiling was with the guys we were in a Ed- really edmonton canada oh that'd be dope yeah it was deep snow yeah was, yeah that's like real snowmobiling yeah that'd be sick yeah it was cool were you filming it uh we have some gopro footage of it yeah but um but yeah, Batteries it, die so yeah I, I realized man cold is cold when you're like moving to and snowflakes are hitting you and mm-hmm. I, I don't have proper like snow attire either like right. i don't own any real stuff like that yeah so when you're in minus 14 degrees fahrenheit or whatever it was celsius so cold yeah fuck so then when you know you kind of decide when do you decide to part ways with kel's like you uh, did so many tours i no, mean that's like a good no, chunk it, of time three yeah, years it was a good amount it's just um I, don't, I can't even be honest like how it went part away it was more just like i started getting um more like corporate and you know brand deals personally that you know brands are like hey we, we need you to go do this and do that for us because they're seeing the content you were making on tour um i think it was a little bit of social related too like i started building a, a following and creative content where you know brands wanted me to be an ambassador for them right and you know i had to go to set number of events for them and make appearances and stuff which is weird for me being behind the camera right but you know with my reach being able to target people you know they yeah. see value in that and obviously i see the value in it too right and then um yeah then you know it just it's, it was crazy but we're, we're still great friends and i was down to help out but um but yeah now it's more focused on like working on you know, full length end to end campaigns for brands. And, right. you know, with my um, social background and like actually showing that what I do actually works. Yeah. They're, they're more open to like working with me. Cause like, Oh yeah. Like, you know what you're talking about. Like, On multiple levels versus just like yeah. creating the content, but then also delivering the content to mm-hmm. an audience. So what was like some of the first jobs that you had coming up, breaking away from yeah, touring and shit? Like Audi uh, reached out to me a good amount of times to, you know, do content for them. And that was always fun. So it was like, here's a car for the weekend and, you know, produce, you know, Just whatever stuff. you want to do. Right. And, you know, pay was good. And then it kept growing to other things. And then you're like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. And, you know, tour is great. But when you're on tour, you're 24 seven. Man. And, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's exhausting. It is exhausting. But, you know, um, and then that kind of led to um, people actually signing me. So when I got signed to, um, you know, like American Express and Samsung, like those are like brands that like are huge and they're like, oh, we want you to be on the team. Yeah. So that's so sick. Yeah. So I remember you started saying that shit. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it's a small world too. Even like my Samsung deal, it all, it came from, you know, Kels's manager at the time, best friend, you know, ran all of Samsung entertainment stuff. And, you know, I got deal through relationships and stuff. So like, it's just, it's crazy how small the world gets smaller. Yeah. And obviously like touring, like opened a lot of doors to me. Yeah. And you know, I got my foot into, you know, people who can make deals happen. So that kind of led to that. And then, you know, like recently just got signed to Delta. So like, so tight. Yeah. It's crazy. Like I look back at it as like my friends who 
are pro athletes. They have like their Red Bull helmet and like their stickers on it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, like I would love to have that. And now I have my Pelican case with like my stickers on it. Yeah. Like, all right, cool. Well, even your Instagram is now your helmet. You know what I mean? It, like it that's, is. Yeah, exactly. That's, and it's a, that's a dope way to look at it because all you ever wanted as a kid was like, be a sponsored athlete by whoever. Oh, like, and oh God, be, if I could have a Red Bull shirt or something, that'd be so cool. <laughs> Not yeah. like I paid for it, but they gave it to me because I'm repped. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I 100% agree. And like, but being a camera guy, you never even thought that was possible. And with social and now content creation and like that being like a career path for kids, yeah. like, yeah. Hey guys, just want to stop this episode real quick to talk to you about our how to charge a client guide. Um, this is the Bible for how you can get more money working with your clients. I've been in this shit for over 10 years. I've worked with clients, big and small projects, big and small and, and decided uh, we needed to pack this, pack these ideas and things I've learned into a guide and, and, and make it bang. So we did that and it bangs motherfucking hard. I promise you that everyone that's purchased it so far has hit me with incredible reviews. So thank you guys for getting it and uh, reading it. And I'm, I'm hoping that you guys are increasing your rates because uh, you should. So if you are interested in getting that, it's on patreon.com slash black window cream, or you can buy it on our shop, shop bwnc.com. Um, both places available. You just get a few more perks if you get it on our Patreon page. And um, yeah, we hope you check it out. Excited to hear what you think. And let's get back to this episode right now. The possibilities are endless with it. Is it, is it like, so when you did your first deal, what is it, what is it, what does that look like for you? Is it just kind of like outlining it's they mainly want you to come to events or create event or like create content for them or what's what's like a typical deal like that or or how would you try it i don't know i guess if i'm listening to this Mm -hmm. and i want to try to get in that world how do i go about trying to land deals like that aside from knowing dope people yeah no it's all about you know showing value and why you should be there and like what you're bringing the table right because a lot of the people that they do just talk about for instance like that or on the team are usually like, you know, a model or some celebrity figure. And, you know, they usually just take a selfie or just take some simple photo. And what I usually bring value to is that I can like amplify that content by going there, um, you know, I'll capture a video for them and like create a GIF or, you know, a cool video or photos that will be better than just your normal thing. Right. So that's where like my value comes in is that like I'll co-create just something that's different that gets people's attention. So that way when, that brand repurposes it as an ad it's more like naturally and it doesn't feel too like branded Mm -hmm. you're like oh that's really cool what is that oh that's so-and-so's ad yeah doesn't feel like that and that's like you know ari is really good with like creating ads type of videos but they don't feel like ads yeah so it's a machine oh yeah this shit's fucking wild huh oh yeah do you know cash bunny no i haven't i know he works with her a lot or she works with him and stuff i think she's getting on here on tuesday okay we just did a we went jada pinkett smith to like a movie awards or whatever Mm -hmm. it's just dope watching other other people do what they're good at and it's so sick how they've figured out how to conquer like the most minimal amount of time and then make that like the illest asset yeah you know what i mean like they'll literally do something that's like 30 seconds with the the talent and then the video is like gets 10 million views well when the video is only four seconds long it loops it looks better too yeah so, it does and that's something you can do if you can seamlessly make your videos re-loop again mm-hmm. you just zone out and yeah. I, there's been so many times people are like i watched your video probably for like an at least a minute before yeah. i realized it's been doing the same thing right I'm like oh yeah that's <laughs> when you know you're doing a good job at making loops and shit exactly is it uh when you do deals with those brands is it something where they they're per- they're hoping that they're gonna get a deliverable that they can use on their social or do they think like maybe it will only work on your platform with your layout and that whole style to it oh no like my layout is just what i do for my own stuff 
And like, as you notice how some of them open up and play a video, no, the client or brand will just post that video without the thumbnail. So it's essentially the same thing. It's just, um, you know, they can reuse it however they want it. Right. That's cool. How weird is that? Like, did you have to transition like to, to build confidence, to be kind of the front man now to your identity of a brand or whatever, like in the content that you deliver to them, is Mm -hmm. it a video about whatever it is? Or are you playing like a character in your content? Do you get what I'm saying? Like if you did something with Delta tomorrow, is it like you riding in an airplane and you're happy and yada yada? Um, it's open to like whatever, I guess is just cool. Yeah. Obviously they always like just like the typical like stock imagery that they can use for just like generic use. Mm-hmm. But obviously I don't like to be in front of the camera, but the more and more that these deals happen, I need to be in the camera like yeah. doing it. But I, I've never really been the type of selfie talker. Like, Hey, check me out. I'm, right. I'm here and here, but, um, I don't see them asking that much for that. Like that's not like a requirement, but they definitely like when I show face and like show that I'm doing things. Right. That's tight. I, uh, I don't know. I I just love this space so much Mm -hmm. like as a creator. And then obviously like we, we've followed very similar paths, I guess. And just now knowing the capability of like what you can do on a social level and like how valuable that is to a client or whatever, but then also trying to prove your value to them is like Mm -hmm. a whole nother game. Like what are some of the approaches that you take when you're trying to provide, you clearly have value, but you have to tell them that do you have to teach them that you have value versus, you know, say it's fucking Adidas or whoever, and they're, they're going to hire an agency and they're going to spend millions of dollars on this and they make one little asset that's just like performs terribly. Yeah. You know what I mean? How do you show the division between you versus someone like that? Yeah. When you start working with brands like that or for anyone who's working on stuff is just like, writing things down is definitely a good start because mm-hmm. you need to be able to explain to the client where their money's going and what the return looks like. And if you can prove to them like from start to finish the whole campaign or project that when we start and by the end, you're going to see this return in revenue or clicks or in likes, if it all ends up that way, that's great. So kind of learning how to write proposals and budget breakdowns are probably like the best advice I could give someone mm. who's trying to take their career to the next level. Right. Cause you can always do like small one-off things, but when you get to a level where, you know, they're entrusting you with their full lineup or their new product and they want something that they're used to, like you said, that agency level, then you definitely got to start bringing that in. Yeah. What kind of tips could you, could you give someone that's listening? Like, uh, you know, you do need to, you have, you have, you got in the room. Mm-hmm. Now you do need to go back and shoot them some sort of, idea and budget breakdown like how how do you show is it more so in your opinion here's all of the line items of like things that we're going to give you and this is what it how it will perform are Mm -hmm. you telling them how it will perform oh that's like a whole it's multiple stages like obviously you go in with the grand scheme idea of like this is what we want to do and this is how it's going to work and then you present them my different ideas of how it could work and they're like, you pitch that. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, we really like you no know, one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right. So then you'll rework and you go in a, another presentation with them on like exactly now in depth more with a price like breakdown, like, right. Because it's hard to gauge, you know, budgets obviously when, you know, the client doesn't know what they want yet. And when they see it, then you're like, all right, this is how we can put this team together. Right. Cause if you just present them with the, you know, all that, all the numbers up front on the first pass, you don't know what they're going to want or what they don't want. Mm. So yeah, just a lot of wasting of time if you're trying to put everything together for them. Right. Is it, uh, do you do how, how big are your crews typically 
when you go and shoot stuff? Because I know you shoot and you can edit and you can do everything on your own. What, yeah, what it, do you it, see? it totally ranges in size for sure. And, um, you know, it from it can go for myself up to, you know, 20 to 25 people. Um, it's usually like the range for sure, more of a smaller boutique. And, um, but yeah, that's when you start to have to invest in other people that can do their job well because you, you can't do everything by yourself. Right. How do you find um, people that you like to work with? Just kind of like how you mentioned too, just being in this industry, you come across people who are talented that just recommend recommendations. Um, I have a good friend, uh, Aaron, who's like a producer and he like, you know, came in the same similar space and he, uh, he's got like an arsenal of people that like, you know, if, if I'm like looking for someone, he's like, oh yeah, use this dude. He's a great DP or whatever. Right. So it just kind of be in the space and being around it. But it all comes down to what the project is needed for. Right. And be like, oh, we don't need this. Then all right, let's go get this person. Totally. Stuff. Is Aaron who I met last? Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Samsung event. Yeah, yeah. Super nice dude. Yeah. yeah. We went, he invited me to the Samsung event for the 10th birthday of the galaxy. Yeah. Galaxy turned 10. So, um, ten, yeah, it's 10, 10 years. 10 years. Old. Um, yeah. it was a, it was a super vibe neon, super vibe which was dope. And then you had us hop in the video super cool, but we just hopped in this room and they had like confetti and uh silly string and all that shit. And yeah. we just like got sprayed by stuff, but the video is pretty tight. Yeah. You know, just showcasing. And that's what I love about my Samsung partnership is that like when I go on shoots, I just bring my phone. I don't have to bring like any other camera gear. And it's, it's also hard for me cause it's like a challenge too. Cause I'm like, how, how can I get the best shot with this yeah. phone? Luckily it has all the cool, like, ISO and manual focus and features for right. it. So it's pretty close to like a real camera. But when I have to like shoot so-and-so that's like in a movie and um, I'm just there with my phone and like I'm paid to be there and like they're looking at me like, what like I'm a fuck? fan. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm like trying to shoot them and they're like, is this for you? Like, who is this kid? And then everyone's like, oh no, he's like with Samsung yeah. and stuff. So yeah. That's it's like the cool. worst, that's the worst thing it's such a powerful tool having a phone. I, I just have an iPhone. Sorry, doc, but, uh, <laughs> uh, lace me up with that Samsung deal and I'll switch right now. There you go. Which one is this? <laughs> the, the S 10. Let yeah. me see it. Yeah. So when you are shooting, this is super. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like these things too. When you, but when I'm shooting on set or whatever, like, I don't know, it's like hard, especially when you start working with new talent or something and all of a sudden you, like I might, my camera might be in the other room and that will cost me missing the shot if yeah. I don't go grab it just cause I happen to be going to catering real quick to grab a coffee and then something happens and I switch out and grab my phone and then people go, yo, 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 no, what the, f like this yeah. is my, it's just another tool. Like people mm -hmm. look at it. So I don't know. It's so interesting. The stigma of using a phone to capture content, but I get it cause everyone has one, but what do they say? The best camera is the camera that you have on you. Yes. So yes. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's something I had at another, I have another Instagram account called lost my camera and it's essentially supposed to be, it's so hard to be consistent with this. And I'm sorry for everyone who follows me on that, that I don't <laughs> post enough, but every day I took a photo just from my phone and, um, I would share it. It's just, you know, kind of showing that you didn't need to have a nice camera. Yeah. As long as you're just out there and getting creative, you can take cool photos. Right. But, uh, it's just hard to like my, um, I set the level for myself so high where I'm like, oh, that's a good photo. Oh, that's a good photo. And then it was a bad day. I'm like, I don't want to share that photo. So yeah, I it's feel it personal of like, man, I only want to post good stuff. I don't want to post like a bad photo. Right. So. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy with the technology and like, you know, five, six years ago, phones, you know, were all right. And, you know, even back then, 10, 15 years ago, 
trash oh yeah when i've like even somehow archived some of my old phone footage i don't know what file format they're in but it's like the crappiest the worst shit quality yeah was that warped to or some like old footage from like flip phones and i'm yeah. like oh back then i thought that was the coolest thing ever the it footage, was watching it on your phone again yeah but when you look at it now you're like i don't know what resolution that was right it could have been like 50 pixels by 50 pixels man it was like so garbage but for some reason i thought that was like the coolest footage ever i'm watching i'm re-watching entourage right now and it's so funny because like throughout like now in the season it's like you can tell at what season like shooting on your phone became a thing and it's like mm-hmm. someone had like a flip phone they're capturing something oh shit my light's on and turtle is it's like he i don't remember what camera it was but i remember it came out it was like a brick thing that looked it looked like an ipod but it was to shoot video and he's just like walking around filming stuff for his like tequila stuff and it oh, it was like the I way we're talking about it was a weird chocolate so, bar that had like the screen on yeah, it of the camera i can't think of what the brand was but i remember how dope those were and i was yeah. like oh shit and he's just like walking around filming it and it's so funny that you now everything is just in one device. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so convenient. And like, he, Pokey, shout out to Pokey, came through to help me film this shit today. He, they just submitted uh, a film that they'd shot. Were you in that? Yes. I you acted in it. Producer. My homie Sean directed it and, and Matt shot, or DP'd it, but like, they all shot it on the iPhone black and white and then okay. submitted it to it and it got picked up at a festival or whatever. And it's sick. like, you can make whole films. You yeah. know what I mean? Fucking yeah. sick. One of my friends did a uh, uh, an entire movie with a GoPro in two takes. Like the entire, it's a feature film and he did it in two takes. They cut one time and it was like when he jumped into the river. One continuous shot? Yeah, it was one continuous shot. They like went to this small ass town and somehow were able to like choreograph the entire thing. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild. I don't know how the fuck you do that shit. But you know, like, uh, like quick cut transitions behind like a wall or anything? No. Oh, okay. I know. And like, I looked know, like, for it and yeah. he was serious about it. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. And it's like, it's all mounted through is like his the character's point of view mm. and it's like a helmet classic cam. pov yeah GoPro shots. the whole time but it was before it was like before people were doing like these call of duty like videos and shit like trying to make it look like that but like mm-hmm. it was interesting it was really cool and he like jumps in a river and he like drowns and whatever and like comes back up and like that i think that's when they made their first cut but it's only because the battery is couldn't last yeah they like had to deal with like however long the power chargers on the helmet Mm -hmm. could last it was pretty interesting but anyway um so now that you have your company when did when did you design that you said 2017 yeah 17 i would say yeah and was the goal just to kind of start building i don't know just a bigger look than beyond your name or what just to kind of have something to run everything under yeah i think with the opportunities i was given personally with these brands you know obviously you know how are my foot in the door with these these major companies that you know i should now have a team behind me so that way there's a lot of projects that i was getting that i had to turn down just because i couldn't be in every place at once right um it's so a great problem it's a great problem to have it's just like you know why i say no to some things when you have a like bunch of creators you can do good stuff totally so i'm always open to like there's a lot of young talent that like i like to like take care of and like help them like you know so many people help me out too so like if i have an opportunity that i can give them work give them work so um yeah kind of form uh Two of my good friends, a partner in the company, um, they come from good backgrounds. Uh, one was over at GoPro, uh, Andy, and then Jared was over at Saatchi and Saatchi. So like he had the agency side and my other friend, Andy, had uh, the marketing company side right. of GoPro. So together we started light work and then from there it just kind of like grew to, you know, you know, just agency stuff, so. A super dope name. Lightworks, a tight ass name. finding names is the most difficult thing it is. ever. Like even 
black with no cream, dude. Yeah. Like people think I'm racist. <laughs> they do all the time. Well, no, just anything. Everything's taken now on the internet. Like Hell every yeah. domain name, LLC, anything you can think of, you can type in anything and it'll say, Oh, taken somehow. So when we came up with light work, I thought that was gonna be taken right away, but no, it wasn't. No. Wow. Yeah, so we got that except one kid on Instagram has it and motherfucker. He, yeah. He won't budge on that. It's guy. an Easter egg or does he actually have like a little, he barely uses it. It's like, I hate that. Yeah. If, as long as they're inactive for a year, you could get it from somebody. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So if you see a, a username that's been at, like if they haven't posted within a year, you could contact Instagram and get it. Wow. That's pretty clutch. Yeah. I, um, we bought, I have black cream.com that was totally available right away. And then BWNC.com because it's all like, it's just a four letter domain. It was for sale for like 3,500 bucks. And I was trying to like, be like, Hey, I have this idea and it's going to be great. And I have no money obviously, but it's going to help all these kids and no one responded. And they'd be like, Oh, sorry, 3,500, 3,500. And I said it on here. And then my homie Craig heard it. Shout out to my boy Craig. Cause he's the first person that put me up. And then he just like check your PayPal. And he just like PayPal me. It was like his donation to the community. And we bought the domain and mm-hmm. have it now. I can't remember what the value of it is, but it's just like, it's like equity, bro. It's like, yeah. it'll like, it's so dumb, but it's like, that's why people have like algorithms that just buy domains. They're just yeah. buying combinations of letters and numbers and all this shit. And like, it's insane how expensive that is, but finding every time I think of an idea, I'm like the first thing to think if it's available is just go to Eddie and see if the domain's there. And yeah. if it is, you're like, Oh, I can run a business called this. Exactly. So clutch. Um, what have been some of your favorite projects as an agency that you've done since and what's um, the difference between what is your agency representing you as an ambassador working on is that, that's separate? It's separate personal yeah. from, you know, the company side of things. Um, like Under Armour, we did a commercial for them for their lacrosse, uh, campaign where, um, John Hopkins and Maryland is like the two biggest schools in lacrosse. So we kind of did a rivalry commercial that aired on ESPN. So that it was, was cool. cool for them to, you know, do that. Um, we did this cool campaign recently finish up in May for mental health awareness month for Instagram. Nice. So we shot, um, nine, um, advocates in the mental health space, um, around North America, kind of given their story. And that got shared on the AFSP, uh, channels for them. Nice. So yeah, it just, it's cool doing campaigns that, you know, not saying I personally wouldn't be sharing them, but it's like, you know, you're telling a story, but I, I'm not obligated to share it. Right. I like doing good work, but I don't yeah. like to post everything that I yeah, share. Yeah, yeah, sure. And a lot of people think I'm MIA on Instagram because I don't share everything. And a lot of it is because like, I don't know, I don't feel like posting everything I do. Right. You know? Or it might not fit. Like yeah, yeah, it doesn't fit sometimes, but like I can make it work and collage it in. And um, yeah, it's a good separation for sure. How, how often do you try to post on IG? Is there like a schedule for yourself or is it just whenever? There's not a schedule. It's kind of whatever. And um, yeah, there's, I wish I posted more, but like, you know, it's that level that I think as creators give ourselves sometimes we're like, oh, that's not good enough sometimes. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that one was really dope. Like, let's keep that same mentality and always right. keep it going. Um, so yeah. And also I feel like sometimes I don't want to just like post a photo of myself. Yeah. Like I feel like it's just cheesy if I'm like standing somewhere and take a photo of myself. Like looking away. The classic just taking a look somewhere traveler else. photo, looking off in the distance. Doing a backflip. Exactly. Just doing a backflip over fucking sand dunes and chilling in Dubai. Wearing all black. 
pants ripped jeans like with a camera that you just have to have in your hand for the photo well that's just us photographers we need to have a camera in our hands because we got the ricky bobby syndrome we're like what do we do with our hands right yeah so i know i just made you do <laughs> yeah i just the, made him do a little with the uh, intro at least yeah. he gave me the you know the coffee, coffee cup mug, so i, I could uh he still had a, he still has other hand free he's like i don't know what i just do yeah, with my hand go in the pocket or is this <laughs> what am i doing here yeah uh, I like to feel like a rapper whenever I'm, you know, doing videos because I used to rap back in the day. Really? Shit was tight. I actually opened for Machine Gun Kelly. Really? Maybe you were there, bro. Fuck. Uh, it was in Iowa and it was a random show and it was Slim's, his, his homie. Yes. Yeah, it was his birthday and, um, and Kel's like climbed up on top of a fucking speaker and jumped off into the crowd and it was like uh, at midnight. Yeah, that that happens every calm, show. Yeah. yeah, I know, but. <laughs> It was good for us. It was like, it was super dope. <laughs> it was tight as fuck. Dang. Back in the day, man. Used to fucking shred Iowa. We would open up for everybody. We open up for Chance, open up for like, I open up for Waka Flocka. Damn, we open up for so many people. I know. I don't tell a lot of people. I think now all my listeners know for sure because somehow it always circles. But to me, it was cool because when I came here, music was my background, unlike mm-hmm. yours, which was another perspective. But for me, getting into video shit, it helped me really like know what artists, if I were them, what yeah. would I want? You know what I mean? Totally that perception is like so helpful i guess just because if i were in your position this is what i would want you know so i just make it and then all of a sudden they gravitate towards that shit like fuck yeah that's Mm -hmm. dope i don't know interesting weird backdrop i I get that vibe a lot with my action sports background like oh like you can shoot that really well right or action anything action it's like oh yeah yeah you got it down you got the good angles when was the last action sports thing you shot i had done a lot of like event stuff for, for red bull um, over the course of a couple of years. But like the, um, the last real one I did was my friend, um, Pat Casey who writes for monster. Um, I always did his like backyard edits. We called him dream yard. Cause it's Pat's got the craziest backyard setup ever. It's so tight. His own ramp. It's not like a normal, like half pipe ramp. It's a full on course. And then, uh, we made a video that, you know, showcased this for the first time. So he kept it secret for a while. And then we, um, we had like a red with an octic, you know, flying around so we we're getting some insane footage and then um then the next year he built dirt trails so we did that video of his backyard now growing and then um but the last one i did with him was like for a contest for mongoose bikes and it wasn't like it was a contest i've never done a contest ever so i was like, like you guys competed in it it was so it was a video contest for mongoose and they picked i think it was like six different bmx athletes on mongoose yeah he rode for mongoose and um each rider had to pick a filmer and we went to Woodward West for, oh, this is dope. for a week and the rider got to put together a team. So Pat selected some of his homies and then you had a whole week to film and edit and have it edited and turn around by Thursday at midnight. It was like every other comp- competing group there as well? Yeah, so, so we were all there. So we, you're riding in the same spot. So yeah. you like push people all the way and be like, oh, this is our spot right now. <laughs> so, um, but not saying we were the most like proactive people. We were just joking around, just having like a good time. Hang yeah. Up yeah not taking it too seriously by any means and um the last day comes around and it was like all right let's like let's edit this really quick and um we ended up winning the contest <laughs> and stuff and like everyone else took it really seriously and we're just like having fun and i think the reason why we won is because in the video i did um i started off the video with like a really cool visual trick where like they jump into themselves i don't know if you see me do those yeah yeah yeah. i love that and i did that first effect then and just shit on everybody right off yeah so the opening shot obviously i was you know like the whole mannequin challenge yeah it was like that it started off like that before it happened i I don't want to say i started that either but when i look back i'm like dang i did that too because it was super slow and i was on a gimbal so everyone was like frozen 
as a uh, Pat goes and jumps. So it looks like everyone's frozen and he does this like huge uh, That's jump. super tight. So it starts off like that. And then when he lands, it goes into him just like jumping himself really quick. And everyone was like, how the hell did he do that? And then, um, did you do it locked off? Didn't, didn't you, did no, you? No, I did on a gimbal and I just motion tracked um, oh. the clip and I pretty much every time you. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, you know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I just motion tracked him jumping in and it was, he was coming at the camera. So it was like three of him facing me and boom, boom, boom. And, um, but yeah, we won. And since then, I, I, I'm like, all right, I'm retired. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. the end of it. No. That's so cool, though. But, That's um, fun. But that was the first video contest I was ever in. And, you know, it was cool. Just like, not to say like, yeah, I won something right. as a video contest. Yeah. You know, all these other dudes are such good filmers too. And I don't know if it was just the tricks the guys were doing over there weren't as good or what. Or, but you just, it was my, yeah. everyone's like, let's get to work. I'll, You're like, yo, I'll guys, show you the video, chill. dude. It's pretty cool. Um, and the thing that we did that really won was because everyone on the team in every shot did like one consecutive line. So like one guy would jump over another guy while another guy wrote under him. Oh, cool. Well, most of the other people did like individual sh clips. Yeah. So like if they messed up, they just did it again. But when we had like three people trying to like, I forget the word, like synchronize. Right. We had, you know, I think that it showed it was a team effort. Right, right, right. So is this online? Yeah. You can look it up right now, dude. Um, Justin, if you're Mongoose, while you're yeah. editing this, can you add this on top of the footage? Cause that'd be kind of dope. Oh yeah. No, it, it's, it's, it's a cool video. Tight. That's yeah. sick as fuck. I love contests. I think it's a great way for people to like, like that's, I mean, that was when I first felt like I was really a filmmaker. It was when I, like Doritos did their, actually we, we did Apple had a film festival that's, that's cool. in like 2009. I remember it was like the Apple film festival, 24 hours. You had to like shoot, edit, do a whole thing in 24 hours. And you won like an insane final cut, all these IMAX, all this shit. And I was like, Oh my God, like we we're the best. We we're going to win this shit. Mm -hmm. And like we definitely lost, but it was like the challenge of doing something in 24 hours was so sick. We mm -hmm. just did our second one. We just started our second one. And now for mm -hmm. like photographers, videographers, it's Dutch was game like a thousand dollars and they get to build a working relationship oh, yeah. with the brand and shit. It's so cool. Yeah, it's and being like competitive too. Like I just want to win. Yeah, and um, but that's like a whole week out of like my normal work life that like you know you don't know if you're gonna make money or not, and you're like, oh, I'm taking a chance on this. Right. So you know that's probably why I haven't done any of them since because I'm like, oh, I got a job. That, <laughs> yeah, like, I like really need to like kind of be here and shit. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was fun just being a week with all my homies and yeah. just like goofing off. That's but tight. It's a, it's a good video. So what's uh what's next for you? Um you know, good old, you know, proposals and decks and pitching some stuff. But besides that, um, with my, my Delta deal, I have a couple, well, the rest of the year, I have some set number of trips I need to go on for them. So, so yeah, what's traveling. that? You just have to fly places? Uh, I travel with them. Um, and kind of just kind of share my experience with these new cities I've been to. I've luckily been, I've been to every state in North America, except Louisiana what and How'd Alaska. You miss that? We we I don't count it because we drove through it on tour. Yeah, but you guys didn't play in New Orleans. No, we didn't know New Orleans. Wow, show. holy shit! So I really want to like fly there just to like cross off the bucket list. And then um, like my girlfriend had never been to Paris, so like we went to Paris for her birthday for Delta and stuff. And I kind of like so sick, yeah. so sick. Yeah. So what a fucking great collaboration. Yeah. So um, and then just kind of share with um just like the cultures I meet and yeah. just like my experience of how they connected me with the cities and stuff through content for your channel or for, is that something it, where it's you for my sense? channel? Yeah. That's so, sick. you know, obviously they'll distribute it however they want to use right. it. But, um, but no, I'm stoked. Cause I was already a Delta. Like, yeah, flyer. me too. Yeah. That's just fucking clutch. Yeah. What's your status? It's trash silver. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, but I also like tour, I didn't, 
to understand it. <laughs> I was dude, like, that, fuck, why was I racking up shit? Oh yeah, dude, that was something. If you travel, dude, stick with one airline for sure. I know. Our flight to Africa was the one that got me to like go to silver at the mm-hmm. end of the year. It was like, t- you know, so close to the end of the year. And I was like, fuck yeah, I made it. And it, I don't know if it's done anything for me yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's your status? Diamond. Lit. Oh yeah. Fucking lit. Oh yeah. Did they, they give you that shit automatically? No, no. I wish they gave You me really earned one. it? Yeah. You had to fly 125,000 miles. Fuck. And you just spent a certain amount with them as well. Right. And stuff. But no, it's cool because whenever you fly... Um, you usually get upgraded. Yeah, right. right like instantly. So That's pretty dope. It's cool. But right. yeah, the hotels is like the next thing I need to be consistent with. I don't I don't capitalize on that. Yeah, me either. I need to probably dial that in. Mm. There's a whole, that's a whole hustle. There's a whole hustle with fucking collecting points and doing all that oh, shit. Yeah. It's kind of addicting. I don't know. Um, that sounds fun though. That's yeah. that's good. So if I, I have the Q&A experience thing that I switch over to on our Patreon. Yeah. So I'm going to do that in a second. Cool. But before I ask you those questions, cause I, I kind of want to dive more into I think like the financial side of it is interesting, especially for upcoming creators, like how to deal with finance and how okay. to kind of like build your. Yeah, I'll give my best abilities I can give on that. Yeah, I think that'd be far. They'll, they'll appreciate it. But so if you want to hear that, patreon.com slash black with no cream. You heard yeah. um, what I guess like if you I kind of like asking this question now because it, it my friend Marcus told me this. He works at EA and he's like, if we were doing what we're doing now five years ago, like shit would be different. And not everyone always thinks like that. But mm-hmm. five years ago, what do you wish that you were doing different at like at this point? If you could tell yourself something now, knowing what you've accomplished and you know, way you've cracked deals and all this shit, is there anything you would tell yourself at that point like that could help kind of shortcut your path? It sounds really simple, but it's important to have a website. I just deleted mine, dog. You did? Yeah. I hated it, so I just was like... No, it, and it's... I never had a website for the longest time. And a lot of the work I get comes through, like, the email through my website. And it's just, I feel like not that many people have websites. Mm. And, you know, it just looks a little professional that, like, oh, this person took the time to make a website and your work's here. Yeah. And it's so easy to make one now just with all the resources out there. And just having something that, like, has your name.com that people can go to and then from there they can see your work yeah and then from there you can link all your social stuff just right. whatever no, that's because great. a lot of these brands that you do work with obviously you can talk to th- through them through whatever dms and all sorts but it looks more professional when you can like oh shoot me an email and go through the right totally channels. so no, i agree emails was like the first thing that i took forever uh, i mean Websites. website was the first thing that took me a while to get but once i got that that was like step one and then after that was kind of knowing my worth on like what I should charge back then because you know of course you got to use some stuff for free but when you finally had like a real project and you were too scared to like ask for the proper you know industry rate yeah you're like oh I don't know if I'm uh I'm skilled enough to ask for that or you don't want to lose a job yeah you're like oh that's a lot of money they might say no to me and then I I really want to work for them so it's just not being afraid to be confident in your work hell yeah like you know everyone can do good work but like you just got to be confident in what you do that's so good yeah we just did one a morning roast called fuck you bids it's like the idea of throwing out a fuck you bid like when you're just like maybe you don't have time or you just like you don't really know you just throw out like three times your rate or mm. something and then sometimes you stick them and you're just like oh shit you know I mean, the art of that is so it's kind of interesting i was talking to my friend about it yeah it can it can work yeah you never know yeah um all right cool this is great so if <laughs> if, if everyone listens to this shit and got all the way here we're an hour 36 in this is a good one um second podcast for me so um, i've never talked this long ever bless up yeah appreciate you yeah i always say 
so at this point if people listen this far into the podcast and we want to know about it so i tell everyone to go to your instagram okay and then tag me in it at ben rovers world and then they're going to put this hashtag that you're going to pick so that we know that they made it this long and it might be like six months from now that they hear this shit but we'll just randomly see this hashtag that you're about to decide what it is pop up on your feed that that's a popular one so it is yeah. what the Ooh. whole the whole one or just yeah, no, I no mean, cream i don't know all right you no. send it see what i want to see what you pick um anything you want anything is and it always puts everyone in a weird spot <laughs> he's thinking yeah no I, I, shit hold on hold on he's looking at the zoom I'm audio not, recorder right no, now no, i'm just he's like at zoom what, audio what we got here to work with <laughs> lights cameras a mug yeah <laughs> i don't drink coffee though so maybe just like, it doesn't have to be coffee i know i know but i'm just maybe the, the hashtag is like i don't drink coffee uh, no caffeine for me uh, fuck there it is that's a great one all right sure no caffeine for me so put that shit on there so we know that you listen to this because yeah, that's I, dope i doubt someone's gonna put that one cool wait till the, they do everyone has caffeine dude but they'll put the they'll put the hashtag i get that so you have no caffeine consumption? Uh, yeah, I, I've been off of that for a while now. Yeah. Soda been, and all that. I've been trying to eat healthier now and like just drinking water and dude, me on the road and we use Postmates, everything. Terrible. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'm yeah. going to get that fried chicken sandwich right now. Oh, just, oh, dude. You have anything you can think of just sent to your house. Sick. So no, I, I don't work out anymore. So I might as well eat healthy. Right. That's good. Yeah. Good uh, swap. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, yeah. we're going to switch over to the uh, uh, Patreon. What the fuck do I call it? The Q&A experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I just blanked on that. Um, so if you want to listen to that again, links in the bio and shit. Appreciate you coming on the show, dude. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me, man. No, this is fucking awesome. Well, go check him out. And his whole shit is fucking wild. Um, and then he also has a website. So you guys need to look that up. <laughs> CaseyMcPerry.com. Exactly. All right. Switching over. That's it. Casey McPerry's episode is done. The Q&A experience is, in fact, the juiciest one we've had yet because Casey shares a story on there about an upcoming product that he is going to be releasing that he hasn't told anyone publicly. And it's fucking awesome that he was cool enough to share that with our Patreon group because he knows that they're a trusted source and are, you know, are down for that early bird experience. Um, so if you want to hear it, patreon.com slash black cream to get the entire Q and a experience access to that. And, uh, that's it. We appreciate you guys listening to the podcast every week. You guys are fucking awesome. Make sure to subscribe to everything that you listen to this shit on and, uh, share it with some friends. Don't forget to get the, how to charge a client guide shop, bwc.com as well as a piece of merch because, uh, we want to keep the lights on and keep pumping these motherfuckers out. So that's how we do it. If, uh, if you guys like this podcast, hop on YouTube right now and go to this episode and just comment. I like this podcast. And if you want to be a fucking sport, continue with that sentence and tell us why. Because that'd be dope. All right. I love you. Goodbye.